Well, I wouldn't do that. Hello, empowered empaths. Thank you so much for being here with me and exploring these topics of self-discovery and self-empowerment together. Um, it is my favorite thing. So thanks for uh, joining the party. Um, today, I want to talk about something that has bugged me forever. And I love that it's bugged me forever because it has it it so many years ago, like it showed me this <laughs> past grievance of mine showed me um, basically where we were heading as a collective, um, which I will say um, my feeling, my um, where I see us had heading as a collective is in really embracing each other's differences, <clears throat> really embracing each other's differences and heading into this energy of, of, is it, a, what is it? Is it, it's, it's like an energy of allowance of other people's differences and celebration of other people's differences and not a, a condemning or a judgy, judgmental energy. And um, my opinion of like the whole like judgy energy, um, when we are living in a like, let's say, I don't know, I don't know how else to describe this. I'm just gonna say modern society, you know, where you're in your houses and you have your neighbors and your kids go to school and everything, everything is basically okay. Like you've got, you've, you've got your basic needs met. And then like you find yourself falling into like this judgy energy. So I think that can obviously come from a stem of, um, so many stems of so many different things, but one of which is I see it coming from this energy of um, survival, you know, thinking that if I judge someone's differences, then, and I, and I make them other, I make them other than me, right? I quote other them, then I'm not, um, what, what is the word I'm looking for? I'm not risking my, the, the safety of the, the reality that I've built. Um, it's not going to be quote tainted by their energy. So like, Oh my God, it was my birthday like two days ago. And on my birthday, we watched that movie, um, from the nineties, um, called Michael with John Travolta if you haven't seen it, I totally recommend checking it out. I hadn't seen it forever and it was so fun to watch it on my birthday. It's PG. So we watched it with the kids, although it wasn't their favorite. Cause you know, it wasn't, there wasn't like action and fighting and all that kind of stuff. There was a love story, but it's so fun because John Travolta plays Michael, the archangel Michael. And if you haven't seen it, he's, and I'm not giving anything away. He's this angel who has white wings in the body of John Travolta, he smokes, he like chain smokes cigarettes. He has sex with women. It's PG. So they don't obviously show the sex. They just show him going into a room with somebody. Um, and he's just this, like, as my eight-year-old said, 
a smoking, dirty angel, but who's also very kind. Like it's, it's such a fun, um, topsy turvy take on what we typically think of, of like angel energy, you know? So anyway, what I'm trying to get to is there's this scene where Michael, John Travolta is, they're all in the car, right? Then I'm not giving anything away. They're traveling like, um, like a couple States away and they have to like, you know, travel for a few days to get to Chicago. And the guy, the human guy who's driving the car says, well, Michael, when we stop, you're going to need to put on your coat. And Michael says, why? And the human guy says, your wings, Michael, people are going to see your wings. And Michael goes, are you afraid they're going to see me and think less of you? And then he just starts cracking up. He's just cracking up. It's so fun to watch John Travolta play that role. And I just remember when I watched that movie like 20 years ago or something, it really struck a chord because that is the such a a big narrative that we're leaving and coming out of, which is if I'm hanging out with someone who's quote, okay, I'm going to go back to like high school, junior high here. You ready? If I'm hanging out with someone who's quote dorky and awkward and uncool and whatever, and I'm standing next to them, other people are going to think I'm dorky and uncool and awkward just by association. Isn't that fascinating? Now, you may have this program in you. You may not have this program in you. I will tell you, I had this program deep in me and it took me years to um, deprogram that belief system. And the only way to pro- to debroke, well, I'm, no, I'm not going to say the only way. <laughs> um, that goes down the lines of culty thinking and, and yeah, in my opinion. Um, a, uh, a tried and true method <laughs> that has worked for me and many others is when the old program, the old belief comes up in your mind, when you're standing there on a Wednesday afternoon next to somebody, and let's say your seventh grade grade brain is judging them as dorky or judging them as stuck up. And you're, you, you notice this, this thought form come up and then you start making a story out of it. You start masturbating the thought form. You start finding evidence that this is true, such as, oh, so-and-so is going to think this, and then this is going to happen. And then, and then, and then do you see how that goes, how that happens? That's the brain's job, right? The brain's job is to pattern based on what it has been programmed with. Now you have the amazing opportunity to interrupt that pattern if you want. And the divine task to do the work to deprogram it. Um, and I do truly believe, believe 
my perception of this is that it is truly divine when we are deprogramming our minds because we are literally using our higher consciousness, the quote, higher aspects of our energy, the quote, higher aspects of our spirit to look at something that is is running in the background of our mind and say, have the freedom to say, I don't want this anymore. This doesn't serve me. I mean, if that's not fucking spiritual, I don't know what is. I mean, talk about freedom. Talk about the freedom to use our minds the way that we want to. Okay. So going back to the, the how to do it, I'll just say really quick for me and then I'll go get into the the topic that I actually was starting today, um, which is every time it comes up to notice it, to pause, to do the quote, I call it ugly work of noticing myself in a judgy state to feel the vibration of what it feels like. Where's my body constricting? What does it feel like to be viewing this other person and the world aka my reality from this place of oh ew right and then as i'm feeling it here's the trick i'm not believing the story to be ultimate truth that's the door to freedom is to feel what it was previously put there leaving the door open, knowing that this does not have to be true. Give it a minute or two or a day or two, and then practice thinking about that exact same situation in a different way, in the opposite way. Maybe I'm, maybe I choose to a minute later, think about that person. The thing that the one, I'll give you a thought, you can borrow it and try it on if you want. The thought that is like my favorite go-to thought is that person is no less infinite than me. We are the same quote level of infinite. We both play in that realm. And in that realm, I can connect with them. In that realm, I might even be able to love them. In that realm, I can feel love. And possibly I can feel love for them. In that realm, I can feel connection, a deep connection. In that realm, I can relax. And that is pretty much my um, antidote that I use over and over and over and over again. Um, but so that going into today's topic, which is, well, I wouldn't do that right? Well, I wouldn't do that. Like I, I always like hated it when people would say something like, let, let, let me see. Okay. Let's say, let's say I'm having a dinner party and, um, I invite five people and one of them shows up 20 minutes late. Okay. And then the dinner party happens and then everybody leaves. And then I'm, I'm still at my house with my best friend. We're cleaning up. And I say to her, Oh my God, can you believe that Sally Joe showed up 20 minutes late? Well, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, here's a, let's do it. Let's look at another one. Um, 
your aren't our children the best fucking mirrors my child is screaming in line at the grocery store and i am just so harebrained and i'm like well i wouldn't do that i'm 40 years old my child's eight well i wouldn't do that so stop it right let me see if i can find another one um my husband doesn't this is actually true <laughs> my husband doesn't buy me flowers on valentine's day well i wouldn't do that what what am i making that mean that he doesn't love me that he doesn't care about our relationship what am i making that mean so when we really pause, like at anytime you catch yourself, I, I encourage you to play with this thought. Like anytime you catch yourself thinking, well, I wouldn't do that. Just think like, what, what is it that you're making what someone else's, what, what are you making someone else's action mean about you? I'm going to say that again, because I think it's really important what are you make what are you making someone else's action mean about you and in that that word action it could be a non-action right didn't buy me flowers it can be a word it can be there's you know yelling tantruming in the store it can be you know an action like showing up late action can mean there can be so many things there right but here's the thing what someone else does, we already know. We already know that what someone else does is a reflection of their own inner awareness. And yes, we do interact together, but someone else's interpretation of me is not the be all end all truth. Right? So, when I am looking at someone else's in, um, action and I'm making it mean something about me because, well, I wouldn't do that, right? That's, that's me making it mean something about me. Like play with that. It's so fucking valuable. Um, the uh, other thing I want to say is that I have found that to me, when I think, well, I wouldn't do that about something that somebody else did um it can even be a reflection of this hardcore hangover of the people pleasing thread i'm a i'm a um recovering people pleaser and i i like seeing these hangovers of the people pleasing identity pop up and be like oh i remember you i remember you that's not me anymore. So what I mean is like, for example, when I have done something, like, let's say I've like, you know, you know, written some like really heartfelt letter to somebody or I've created, I don't know, I've, I've done some type of like, I've made such a large and focused output perhaps even sacrificial output, right? People pleasing tends to be very sacrificial. Um, effort in the past 
to imagine what someone else might want me to do. And my subconscious immediately thinks that, well, that's just the way other humans should behave if they want to show kindness, because I'm showing kindness by trying to imagine what they think would be kind and then me giving it to them. Isn't that fascinating? Like the the paradox is like, sure, that can totally be kindness is to imagine what would, what would someone really enjoy? And I'm going to give that to them. That can totally be kindness, but that's not the only definition of kindness. And when we box kindness into being only what someone else would want us to do, then we fall into people pleasing category right then we fall then it becomes then kindness becomes a cult because we're only think of thinking of it from one dimension from one way, and it has to only look this one way. but kindness can actually be me just showing up genuinely exactly as I am in that moment, which might mean maybe I don't bring flowers, but I'm bringing the kindness in my heart, no matter how fucking corny that sounds. If you're bringing kindness in your heart to a situation, that's kindness. That's being kind. You are being the identity of kindness, right? And we can test that because if someone comes over, if I come over with flowers, but I'm seething with, with um, resentment on the inside, but I have fucking flowers in my hand. Is that kindness? No. Ew. Take those flowers away from me. Take them back. I don't want your fucking flowers dripping in resentment. That's not kindness, right? That's a hangover of the old narrative that says, this is the way to be kind. You give flowers no matter if you even want to or not. (laughs) You know, that was just like, that's like hangover from like fifties shit, you know? Um, let's see. Another thing I wanted to say was like, oh my God, I think I already said it. Yeah, I already said it. Um, but like, here's, here's like, here's the tip that I want to, um, that I want to offer that you like you can play with just the tip just to see how it feels did you guys see that movie old school um is uh when someone is doing something right it's an action maybe it's an action that you wouldn't do can you instead of like instead of discerning i love the word discernment right because we do need like we don't need judgment to survive. We don't need judgment to keep ourselves safe in this world. I I do think that's a past narrative that we are growing out of and that we, we thought we needed judgment to keep ourselves safe, like safe from that guy over there, safe from making the wrong decision in a financial situation. Right. But like discernment is such a better word in my opinion, because discernment takes the, the judgment out of it. Discernment is discerning if an energy is for me or not, without putting that energy down, without dehumanizing someone. That is to me what discernment means. And I love discernment energy for that reason, because it doesn't put me above anyone else. 
and it doesn't put anyone below anyone else because everyone else is just as infinite as me. And I can still use my discerning energy to keep myself safe. And, and even beyond that, to keep myself thriving, right? Like I could say yes to going to a party and, and go to this party, or I could use my discernment. Let's say I don't have the energy to go to a party. I can use my discernment to not go. And it's not that I'm like, it's not like, and it's like, I'm keeping myself safe. Right. But it's not the level of a bear attacking me, but I'm like, I'm taking care of my energy. I'm using my discernment to take care of my vital energy and keeping it vital. Um, okay. So what I want to leave you with is, can you practice feeling the energy behind someone's action? Right? Like if they're going, if they're doing something, let's say they're saying no to like, you're, you're like saying, Hey, I, I need you to like, volunteer for this or whatever. And they're saying no. And you walk away and you're like really judging them hard for it. Like, can you feel into the energy behind their no? It's very possible that the energy behind their no is coming from their own discernment for what their energy is capable of or not. Right? Like, what is the energy behind it? So. There's so much more that I would love to explore and say on this, but I kind of feel like that's a really great stopping point. Just playing, just again, just to review, just like playing with this idea of, well, I wouldn't do that. I mean, it doesn't, it, it applies to so many things. Like let's say someone even cuts you off in traffic and let's say that they're, you know, they live their life according to certain values that maybe you don't align with. And you're like, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Oh, this is what I didn't say, you guys. This is, this is the whole fucking thing. This is what it all boils down to. Oh my God, I'm so happy I remembered right before I pressed stop. You guys, here's the thing. Well, I wouldn't do that. Of course. Of course you wouldn't do that because you are not them. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? You are not them. I am not them. They have a very specific, a unique, in fact, set of circumstances that led them to this point in their life right now external circumstances, um, internal choices of external circumstances. Like they are a complex matrix of a human that I will never be. There's no way that I can compare what I would do with what someone else would do unless we are all living the exact same mirror reflection of life and everybody is the exact fucking same. And that's not our reality. And I'm going to bet that's not the reality that you want. It's not the reality that I want. I don't want everyone to be the same. Did you ever see that movie? Um, oh my God. Um, oh my God. What is it called? Uh, Oprah, Oprah made it or Oprah was in it. 
and it is um it's a kids movie it's so fun it is a wrinkle in time did you ever see that movie a wrinkle in time such an incredible book and such a fun movie well the the dimension that they go the kids go to to go save their father like when they pop out into this the dimension is controlled it's all controlled by i think it's controlled by fear but the whole place is like every, everything is same same so they the two kids they pop out into this dimension i don't know if i'm re remembering this correctly but all i remember is that every single house looks exactly the same every single child is bouncing a ball at exactly the same time every single child it it's like um they're like robots and then the mothers come out of the houses exactly at the same time they're marching all to the same beat and they say children come in for dinner everyone has different skin colors but everyone is doing the exact same thing it's so eerie it's so eerie so do you want everyone to make the exact same choices you would make no of course not you want to give someone else freedom i'm assuming because you want someone else to give you the freedom to be yourself and to make your own choices okay i'm really actually going to end it there this time um play with that see see what transpires when you think of it from that viewpoint i i i would love to know how if you haven't thought of it from this viewpoint before like what happens when you play looking at things from that viewpoint of well i wouldn't do it well of course i wouldn't do it that way they're not me right and just kind of playing with that Note, you know doing your emotional alchemy practice noticing what it feels like in your body without the story and then changing the story downloading a new program um okay usually i talk about the different offerings that i have but i'm not feeling it right now so i'm just gonna tell you i'm gonna put my website my the link to my website below and um you're welcome to go there and see all the different offerings um well the two different offers that i have sign up for the newsletter all that good stuff uh connect with me on instagram all those things so um oh one fun thing i've been doing i just did one this morning while i was um putting my hair up is just like when i when i am feeling it just like popping on a live on an instagram live and then just like showing up and talking about emotional alchemy doing emotional practicing emotional alchemy with you live in real time in a in different parts of the day doing different things like you guys this stuff doesn't need to be sitting on a mountaintop like completely isolated from all of humanity that's like not even the point the point is to do this work in the midst of your life so i've been popping on there more and more and um it, so far it feels fun and um i'm sure there will be a drop off when the kids are out of school for almost three weeks you guys three fucking weeks oh my god i don't remember it being that long when i was a kid um okay well, that's all for now. I love you and thank you for uh, swimming in this empowerment pool with me because I just, 
I just truly believe in the sensitives of our world bringing forth y'all's gifts. And it's just fucking time. It's time for the sensitives to rise up. And that means anchoring in your magic, anchoring in your sensitivity, um, you know, making sure your boundaries are strong and healthy and firm and showing up in your, as your unique weirdo, like the world needs it, I think. And, um, thank you for doing this work. I truly honor you for doing this work of showing up and really anchoring in who the fuck you are. Um, I love you. I love you for that. Okay. Bye for now. Mwah.